Finishing strong is an everyday occurrence, as there will never be a race, goal, day, quarter, or year that does not come to an end. This means finishing strong is not an act, it's a habit. Gary Ryan Blair. This being the last week of SoulCon, let's see if we can keep this habit up. Let's take a listen. Welcome to the Mighty Anvil. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over and the fires of life are all quenched, Grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. 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 All right. So we got the brushing, Alan? Yeah, so a little brushing this morning. Uh, we're going to uh, just do something a little different. We're going to pick the winner for our naming contest for the Anvil listeners. Uh, so we, what we've done, we've taken all the names and uh, put them in a hat, bowl, what have you. Cup. A container of some sort, receptacle. <laughs> and uh, we're going to go ahead and draw the names. So uh, quick recap, Dan had the strikers. Pat had blacksmiths. Jorge has hammers, Gabe has anvilers, Linda has iron workers, and Brian has the anvilites. So, let's have let's uh, Gabe walk uh, into the vault. Yes. And, uh, oh, you know what? I think we're going to have our uh, our guest draw oh, the... yeah. We won't tell us who the guest is just quite yet, but yeah. Uh, as a treat, yeah. our guest is going to tr- to draw the winner. Protect my identity. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> All right, he's walking into the vault. He's uh, opening the door. And uh, I think he's uh, pulling. <laughs> there you go. I like the sound effects. <laughs> All right. Okay. What does it say? Gabe, who is the winner? Dan with the strikers. 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 Dan, yeah. congratulations. Congratulations, You're welcome, Dan. You got you got two tickets to uh, Cinemark coming your way, sir. So, oh, uh, I didn't know. I could have put my name. Uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been mentioning that on the on the uh, on the uh, announcement for a while. So, yeah. yeah, bring it. Bring us into the brushing. Okay. Uh, after that, we've got the LA Dream Center mission trip coming up. There is a link in the show notes uh, to help support Scott uh, on his trip. So, for those that are able to help out, uh, we'll be sending daily updates for outreach. Donations over two hundred dollars will be. Uh, there will be a daily Zoom call that comes with it. Yeah, and everything, uh, any donations under that will uh, there'll be personal texts. Okay. These are just ideas. If yeah. y'all like it, uh, I, I'm just thinking, how do I get these? How do I get my friends to help me out? So, one of those things are is uh, you know under two hundred dollars, it'll be a text message, kind of giving you an update through each each day of uh, us being down there helping people. Uh, we will have uh, Pastor Steve come in and kind of give an update or. We'll be in a couple of weeks. He's going to come in on the podcast, and we're going to kind of give a rundown of what we're going to be doing. So through that week, what I'm going to do is personal text for everybody who uh, donates, and then uh, or anybody who donates over two hundred dollars, we're going to uh, a Zoom call and kind of give you an updates with pictures and stuff like that daily. So at the end nice. of the day, 
So that's kind of the kind of the game plan. Okay, right on. Where's the uh, car wash in a bikini option? Is that uh, three hundred dollars <laughs> or the naming of the first child? It's a thousand. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think we can go on that. Just so I could, uh, <laughs> give me some ideas. We'll throw them out there. How about how about a hot pepper eating? You know, display. Oh, or something Scott's that's got that one covered. I'm all, down. I'm all about that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we have two more weeks left for our last giveaway, or the last one so far. Uh, the new book by Gary Gregory, Super Fantastic Process. Uh, so if you'd like to win or be entered in the, in the drawing, uh, email us at mightyanvilpodcast at gmail.com with the answer to this question. On the cover of the book, it speaks to becoming a salt-of-the-earth leader. What verse did Jesus call his disciples salt-of-the-earth? And the second question, what else did he call them in the next verse? Yes. I know the answers. I'm not going to give them out, though. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep that a secret. All right, on. Keep it a secret. Well, I think it might not be such a secret. Hopefully, there's somebody out there that knows. Actually, we have one person that emailed us. We have one person so far. Yeah. <laughs> Right on. So, uh, you know, introducing the guests that we have to, with us today. Uh, I haven't known him for more than seven weeks. Uh, he is part of our Mighty Men team. And uh, I've gotten to know him since then. And, uh, you know, there's a great respect for what he does, who he is, his heart, um, his giving, his generosity that he brings to the table. And uh, that's one reason why, well, those are many reasons why we uh, have him on today. And uh, with that, uh, Trey Sheridan, man, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Honored to be here. Man, it is, an, dude, seriously, uh, getting to know you in the past couple of weeks, uh, even last week, we went down to, uh, to, I don't want to say, we didn't feed the homeless. We gave them socks, gave them uh, gloves, any kind of jackets that we had with us. And just, you know, seeing your heart and seeing the love for you, you have for people, uh, it, it definitely displays Jesus and really appreciate that. So, uh, you know. If you've ha- if you've listened to the shows, uh, core values are important. Uh, so if you got, let's hear what your core values are and core verse that kind of thing. Let us know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that. Um, so, you know, thank you for the questions that you gave in in preparatory for uh, this session. Um, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. So hopefully the people out there can see my clothes and, you know, it's all good. Um, totally kidding. But, uh, you know, the, the question of asking yourself, who are you, um, really is an opportunity, I think, to kind of look at yourself in the mirror. It's self-reflective. I asked my wife last night, I said, man, I've, I've got to ask myself this question. Who am I um, to prepare for this show? And she gave me the look like, you know, I, I don't know. And then she kind of walked off. Um, but uh, <laughs> so as I'm, <clears throat> as I'm asking myself this, um, you know, what I kind of came up with last night uh, was that I'm a God-fearing man who's uh, consistently under construction uh, to be better for myself and for those around me. Um, and so a couple different nuggets in there for me personally, but uh, o- the overall goal is, is just to continuously try to strive to be the best version of yourself that you possibly can. Um, core values, I also kind of put in here, you know, a, a lot of corporations talk about core values, people talk about core values, but um, I-, I believe that there's a lot of people out there that don't necessarily understand what core values are. So I've got a couple different definitions on here that I I think really kind of resonated that I wanted just to read out. Um, And then hopefully for the folks that are listening to this, this will best paint a picture of what exactly core values are so that they can begin to kind of define and drill in into their own core values. I like it. So 
core values are traits or qualities that are not just worthwhile. They represent an individual's highest priorities, deeply held beliefs, and core fundamental driving forces. They are the heart of what you stand for. Another is core values are emotionally charged. I love that. Emotionally charged one-word statements that engage our hearts and minds and help to define our real self. And then my version, whether right or wrong, is simply stated, core values are the DNA of your value system. And the good news is that you're not born with them assigned to you. Creating your personal core values gives you an opportunity to create your identity, which will in turn perpetuate what you ultimately receive in life. And so for my personal core values, I kind of have a bunch. Um, I actually have these etched in wood above my uh, mantle in my living room so that I can kind of have a constant daily reminder of them. But God is number one, uh, attitude, love, commit, honor, respect, faith, and integrity. Within those, my focus values for 2021 are attitude, love, and commitment. So basically, uh, this year, uh, I am committed to loving people with a good attitude. And that doesn't mean that the people I'm loving have to have a good attitude, because that's the biggest challenge, right? Is that we're called to love people regardless so it is that I'm going to love them with a good attitude regardless of where they're at and their process. This year has been a big struggle for that. Um, last year was a big struggle for that. There's just so much going on in the world, whether it's a pandemic or a polar vortex for anybody that's listening to this next week for what we all went through this previous week. And it's just the opportunity to love others regardless of what is in front of you but really trying to bring out the inner best of yourself. Um, man, for me, it's, it's been a struggle. So it's a focus area for me this year. Hey, go back to your top three core values that you mentioned that you're focused on this year. What were they again? Yeah, so uh, attitude, love, and commitment. Attitude. Can I, can yeah. I uh, give us, elaborate a little bit more on, on attitude? What does that mean to you? Yeah, so when I think about attitude, um, you know, Pastor Keith has told us for years that it's really the one thing that we can control. There's so many factors that are not within our control that we walk into or that surround us in our day-to-day lives, but our attitude is what we can control. And I really kind of feel that it's just the opportunity to be uh, really the, the best version of yourself once again, regardless of the outsiding factors. And to let factors that you can't control um, affect you in a way that doesn't bring out the worst part of you, but brings out the best part of you. So, you know, whether that's ordering food at a restaurant and you're getting terrible service to looking at life as in the glass is half full instead of half empty, um, trying to choose to be on an optimistic side of every situation that you're in instead of maybe a pessimistic side of a situation that you're in. So there's all these forces that can kind of penetrate your inner attitude. Um, And it doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. It it hopefully means that we're striving for perfection or to be, you know, a a different version of maybe something that we didn't like in ourselves previously. Um, But yeah, so to me, that's what that means. How do you keep it in check? You know, there's the moments that where you, I mean, or what are some of your triggers? And then if you know your triggers, how do you keep, how do you keep it in check? Yeah, um, no, that's a, that's a great question. So, you know, uh, having um, 
a spirit of offense be dismantled, I think is, is one key area that I try to focus on. Um, it's so easy in today's society to find offense in things. We're all so different and, and that's a good thing, right? It's healthy. Um, but to not carry that spirit of offense around with you is, is a major factor. Uh, having a wife that is very willing <laughs> to tell you where you can improve very and where you can be better, uh, you know, is, is another big uh, drive force. So where are my areas of weakness or vulnerability? Definitely behind the wheel. Um, you know, we're all operating off of a time frame and we all need to be places at different times. And, uh, you know, I've learned through multiple sessions of uh, online, you know, DPS training that uh, there's a couple different types of drivers. Those are aggressive and unaware. And, and I'm going to love the unaware ones, too, right? You know, just mm-hmm. as much as the aggressive ones. I myself am an aggressive driver. I'm working on it, uh, trying to be better and uh, just operating under God's time frame of when he wants you to be places that he wants you to be and not in the time frame that you necessarily want them to be. Um, so that's an area that I struggle in, but, uh, you know, just crank that praise and worship music and just, <laughs> just try to, just try to stay in that. Just try to rest in that. You had mentioned, well, first off, I think there's a common theme about our wives, uh, being there to keep us in, in check. It's, it's gone on a couple of episodes, but you had said something I want to come back to a little, little bit later when we get into SoulCon, uh, review, but you had said, uh, there's a lot of demands on us as men yeah. or as as humans, uh, family members, and uh, that's going to just kind of help me bring that back in. Okay. But uh, core verse. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, For me, is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. Yeah. Why, why does that jump out at you? Why is that your verse? <sighs> yeah. So for me, it's just we're all going to struggle. We're all going to have days that don't live up to what we expected. There's always going to be things that happen to us that maybe are not ideal. You know, attitude comes into play in that and how you receive that. But ultimately, you know, behind any frontline muck or discomfort or unwantedness or rejection, any of that, that brings pain and strife on the backside of that, we have this like behind the curtains cast that is all Christ and his angels and his spirit that regardless of what we're facing at the time and how uncomfortable it may be, it's always for our good. You know, we talked about this in previous sessions. I'm talking about it uh, a lot in, in freedom right now. But um, when there's trauma, you know, there's an opportunity for triumph, which God will yes. bring that. And after that, there's testimony, right? So regardless of what, what is terrible, what's going on, uh, I mean, there's just a lot of things that we could all spend a lot of time on thinking about that have, have impacted us in ways that we didn't want to be impacted over the past year. Um, but outside of that, the good news is that when you get through your process, there's testimony. So we're going to get the opportunity to talk to folks about, <clears throat> excuse me, about what we've been through, how that impacted us, and we can relate to people. And, uh, you know, as far as we know at this point, um, that's going to be a way that we can witness to folks and bring them closer to the ultimate goal of Jesus. Right on. That's good. I like that. Church life? Yeah. Where did it start for yeah. you? Um, baptism? Where did you meet Jesus? That yeah. Kind of stuff. <clears throat> great, great question. So I was... 
at seven years old, <clears throat> my dad took me to downtown Dallas to uh, see the power team. I don't know if you all are aware of the power team, but uh, John Jacobs led that ministry for many, many years. And that was where you have a bunch of guys built like refrigerators, breaking things <laughs> on a stage. I'd never seen anything like that. Um, you know, I knew about Christ, but I, you know, never even knew that there was the opportunity to receive Christ. And uh, John Jacobs <clears throat> um, started an altar call. And uh, I remember tears streaming down my face. I didn't even know what was going on. I just know that I felt something at that time and wanted something uh, that that he was talking about. I wanted Christ in my life. <clears throat> so I received Jesus at seven years old in downtown Dallas at a, at a power team event. Um, and, and I was kind of new about Christ. Um, I would say my relationship with Christ was not what it uh, should have been. You know, um, I wasn't following him. So I knew of him, but I wasn't following him. And that really went all the way through college and into married life. The year would have been around 2006. Is that right? Yeah, 2006. Uh, there was a guy I was working with who's uh, he's moved from the church, a guy by the name of Ben Skeeters. And uh, he was just constantly asking me and inviting me to this Elevate Life Church. Well, at the, at the time, it was not Elevate Life Church. And um, I gave him every excuse in the world not to not to go. And he just kept after me, kept after me, kept after me. Um, and so we finally agreed to attend Celebration Covenant Church. And I'll never forget, we're driving in the first time, and my wife says, God bless her. Uh, she says, what is this, a cult? There's people in the parking lot trying to tell you where to park. You know, they've got these sticks, and, sticks. and, they're, and they're directing you where to park. Like, what is this? There's no free will here. And, uh, man, we came in, and it was like, it, it, it was like nothing I'd ever experienced. Um, just the visual nature of everything and the way that they opened the doors for people to receive the Holy Spirit. And I knew from that day that we had found our home. And uh, it has, I attribute everything in our life to thought process, to the way that we're able to give to everything to that church. Um, it, it has just been the biggest blessing. I tell folks, you know, if, if you were ever in your young adult life um, looking for the roadmap, the roadmap of how to do life, the roadmap of how to have the things you want, the roadmap of what's the purpose, the roadmap of where are my thought coaches, you know, all, all these things. Yes, it is the Bible, the greatest selling book of all time, but you've got to find a house that you can receive a lot of that in. And for us, uh, Celebration Covenant Church at the time, which then later rebranded to uh, Elevate Life Church as we know it today, 100% has been that. I cannot imagine life without it. Um, and for us personally in our journey, you know, I attended that church for 14 years without really letting myself become vulnerable to having deep-seated men relationships. Why do you think that is? Um, you know, <laughs> candidly, um, and I'm glad we're having this discussion, it's because I was doing some things in my life that weren't really representative of what Christ would have wanted, and I was ashamed. Mm. I was ashamed for that to be exposed. I knew that um, there was a really high probability that the guys that I might get into relationship with at the church we're not doing those same things. And um, so we would be on different walks and I was afraid of judgment. And uh, the way that I've kind of um, ousted that thought process is to put down childish things 
and and to really be once again the best version of myself that I could possibly be you know I attribute that to the mighty men um, they've been there it's just I wasn't ready to walk through the door and I just got to a point in my life where I really heard God's voice like never before telling me it's time you know he's got something different for me and that's going to mean separation from a previous life and previous people and previous desires and that's okay you know it's a good thing um because if you're if if you're to become who god's called you to be there's a really high probability that you're going to have to walk away from some things Mm. and so until you're ready to walk away from those things to really receive what god has in store for you one you can't receive what god has in store for you um but two you're not going to walk into the things that you don't yet know that are going to help you become into what god is calling you to be so that's kind of where i am it's this uh you know it's this enlightenment it's this uh road that i'm on that i i necessarily can't see you know a mile in front of me but i ultimately know who's driving the bus yeah so i'm totally cool being on the bus like all in on the bus you know like i'm the guy that's like get away from the front seat closest to the driver because i want to be in that seat (laughs) when most people go all the way to the back of the bus you know, you said something that I want to encourage uh, people to remember. Just because you're going through something that you think that uh, other people would judge you for, you know, get planted. And again, nothing yeah, yeah. calling you out or anything, but don't let it be 14 years to open up and let it go. Uh, maybe maybe a year, get to know some guys, but you'll find some people. I say guys because we're all guys here, but this is for everybody. You, you have an opportunity to open up, and you'll find that... Um, even though Christians are some of the toughest people to be around, um, there's a lot of them that aren't, and a lot yeah. of them that want to help you and encourage you and to help you live a life that you want to leave, live and not necessarily need to hold anything back. So, yeah, uh, find those people in your life and, and look for them. Uh, you know, it, it took me a while, too. Uh, so <laughs> and just out of knowing what I have now, I want to share that with other people. And I would even add that, you know, if you don't have a church home that you love, find one that you love. You know, if if the one that you're at currently doesn't really fit, find another one and get planted there. And uh, because I think with that being said, there's a lot that you're leaving on the table if you're not planted somewhere. Absolutely. Um, Trace, I actually had a, a comment that I wanted to make. Let's see if I can remember it now. Your transformation. So you, you said you've been in church for 14 years and uh, you w- recently have witnessed this transformation. Have you noticed that this transformation has affected your family and in what ways? Yeah. So uh, in, in huge ways, you know, so just to put it all on the table, um, I, I struggled a lot with alcohol and it, it was a major hindrance in my relationship with my wife. Uh, becoming what I feel like our relationship could become. We've been together for a long, long time, high school sweethearts, uh, I think all in 26 years, give or take a year. Um, so it was kind of my thing, right? It was, it was my thing. And, and I, you know, I sought a lot of outside counsel and some folks that kind of had some struggles with some, some other substances. And um, when, when I got in touch and, and God moved some things to get me in touch with the right person. And that's the, another thing too. Like whatever you're struggling with, if you're, if you can truly lay it down and you're asking God to give you the resources to help you get through what you want to get through, 
God will move and you'll see it happen. He'll, he'll, he will shuffle people around. He will move chess pieces to get you what you need to get you through what you're asking him to help you get through. So this, this guy, I'm sitting down with him and, and, and I wasn't living in self-righteousness or anything. I mean, I'm broken, right? Like we're all broken, just, just trying to get healed. And, um, and he says, you know, your, your issues aren't with substance. Your issues aren't with alcohol. And, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, here it goes. You know, he's going to tell me that, you know, I'm the issue myself. And he says, You're, you have a God issue is really what it is. And, and it's when, when you can work on the God issue, God's going to fix all those other issues. And it was like my aha moment because hmm. I was thinking to myself, like, what? Like, I know Christ and, and like, we're bros and we hang out and all that stuff. But as I really dug into it, it really was. Yeah, it's, it's a, it was a God issue for me. And um, as I, as I <laughs> once again, really drove into drawing near to him, uh, you'll start to, in getting deeper in the word, you'll, it, those things will reveal themselves. So to answer your initial question, Alan, it, like, and I knock on wood here, but um, a life without conflict, which I'm not a huge conflict fan which is interesting that it's on the agenda because we're going to talk about that coming up here (laughs) well done um so a life without conflict is amazing and uh you know we had a bunch of guys over to the house a couple weeks ago we did the polar plunge um for the soul conch challenge and uh when everybody left my wife was in tears and uh so my first thought is what happened what do i need to clean up you know something (laughs) and she, she says you know with tears running down her face um this is, this is what I always knew that, that you could have and who you could be. Um, and, and it's just, you know, it was the enemy's way of bondage. And there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this that struggle with things, whether it's substance or addictions or fear or rejection or whatever. And, you know, if there's any tidbits of, and nuggets that you can take away from this session today, I would tell you, um, don't continue to let the enemy win. I mean, he's going to use everything he can possibly use to keep you in bondage, to keep you from stepping in to the shoes that God wants you to fill and um, get to a point where like, you're not going to let that win anymore. Um, And that's going to mean laying some stuff down. And that's probably going to mean being vulnerable and seeking out other relationships and, and uh, help. And it's all there for you. And God is the facilitator. He's the maestro of that, but you're going to have to lay it down and go to him with that so that he can make things move. So, um, once again, Alan, it's, I feel like I'm almost in a dream. It's a different life for me. Um, it's probably like a life I didn't even know I could have Hmm. before. Um, and it's everything I ever thought that it could be and more. And so it is, it's, it's almost undescribable. Yeah. In the best way. Yeah. No, I, 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 I know how you feel. I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Cause I've had some things that happened uh, recently. Yeah. I got married and if you'd have told me 20 years ago that I was going to be married with a child, I'd be like, you're crazy. There's no way. And just like you said, God moves pieces around. People will, you know, quote unquote disappear. They don't really disappear, but you know, there's just, now they're not really in your sphere anymore. Yeah. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, they, they 
God will move people out and he'll start to move people in. Scott was one that he moved in and just one day Scott came up to me and he was like, hey, man, how's it going? And I was like, who is this guy and what does he want? Why are you talking to me? Yeah, we're in church. Is he trying to sell me a car? I don't know what's going on. But, uh, yeah, and I mean, since then, uh, Scott and I have been uh, uh, getting closer, um, you know, and, and obviously we have this podcast. We have another podcast that we're working on and we have you know, some big things that are in the works as well. And it's it's amazing what happens when you let the wall down and mm. actually are able to go, you know what, I'm going to be open to an invite. I'm going to be open to talking to, I'm going to put myself out there and go talk to somebody. I'm going to be open to an invite from, from you know, hey, come to, come to Rudy's on Saturday. Come to our, men, come to our, our, our men's meeting that we have Saturday morning. And to be open to that, that's another thing. And to be open to that, you'll never realize how much things will change and how much, if you're not open to that at all. Mm, that's good. Yeah, it really kind of goes back to if you want to be who you've never been, you have to be willing to do what you've never done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, uh, that, was a good com- that was that was some good stuff, man. Ready to get in the soul? Comp? Yeah, it's almost <laughs> over. But uh, yeah, let's get into some soul con before we have to end this day. So, have you been through SoulCon before? No. And, uh, you know, once again, uh, going back to the way God moves, it's just exactly what I needed at exactly the right time. Um, and it's been energizing. Uh, it's been challenging, but in a good way, you know, mentally, mentally physically, spiritually. Um, and I'm going to keep it going, like, outside of, like, when's, when's, when are we firing, you know, SoulCon back up again? I'm almost a little bit sad that yeah. it's coming to an end um like some premature separation anxiety <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no it's been amazing and there's not a man on the planet that shouldn't that shouldn't do it what uh if, what's your biggest takeaway and why this is important to you Solcon, reading this book yeah so you know a, a plan i'm a big fan of you know you having a plan and executing against the plan um, so it really was, it, it is a plan in my mind that is designed to help folks really separate their flesh from their spirit. Um, it is empowering from a spirit standpoint. It is a mandate to daily uh, start your day off with Christ, which we can all um, get distracted from, you know, most of us. Uh, or hopefully it's not just me, but sleep with my phone right next to my bed. You know, the thing's like lighting up all night. And so when I wake up, I glance over and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got 26 notifications, all of which probably aren't important, but I, I find <laughs> this like pull, right, to check these things. And so it's just a, it's a way of distraction. But, um, you know, from not only a, a food standpoint to a physical standpoint through SoulCon to a spiritual standpoint, uh, it really puts these pieces all together to help bring visually to yourself what you're capable of accomplishing and doing. And, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil too much of some of the stuff that's in there, but on, on the first couple of days, you know, my daughter asked me as I'm doing some physical activity from this book, she says, why are your elbows cracking? And <laughs> my response to her was, because I've, I haven't done this you know, in a really, really long time. And, uh, it's once again, self-reflective, you know, you're thinking to yourself like, this is, 
it's kind of sad. Uh, 43 years old. My elbows really shouldn't be cracking that I know of. I've never been 43 before, so uh, you know, maybe that's normal. I don't know. But the point is, is that uh, it, it's a, it was an opportunity for kind of like a restart, and it's good, backed up by a recharge, and um, it, it's yeah, it's just really good stuff. You brought up okay, so I wanted to go back to what I was talking about earlier about uh, busy lives, but you also brought up something about the plan moving forward. And you can't wait to go into SoCon the next round or do it again. But in between that time and the time that we're about to wrap up, what's the plan that you have in place to continue? Are there certain things that you want to make sure that you roll out of bed in the morning and say the Lord's Prayer, do your push-ups, and then go about your day? Is there meal planning that you've got involved? Is there exercise plan? You know, all the forks that are there that can feed the wrong things, what are you wanting to take out of this round to, to continue until we get to the next round? That and then, yeah, oh, let's just go with that one. I want to, I, the other question is important. It's, it's something I've seen multiple times, but yeah, with the, what's the plan for in between the rounds? Yeah, um, so great question. I'm, I'm in the middle of this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it's fascinating. Uh, highly recommend for anybody who is uh, wanting to know more about, you know, like why you do what you do. And if you're wanting some different results, how to spearhead uh, in changing your environment that you can get the outcomes that you want to get. It's, it's just, it's, it is a life-changing book. Uh, and so really, uh, in, in the parts that I've read of this book, I'm about halfway through, it really all kind of comes down to creating the world in your environment that you want to reside in. Um, a lot of that is planning your work and working your plan type thing. And so I think it's just preparation. You know, how many times have we've all been in this, right? Um, and it's funny because we've all been in it and we know we've been in it and we laugh about it, but yet like we a lot of times continue to get in it where it's just you know, we're going out to run errands in the middle of the afternoon and we have great intentions of cooking at home. Like the, the chicken's out, it's thawing or whatever. And errands run late and then you're in traffic and it's seven o'clock and the kids are screaming and you've got all this other stuff to do. And you're like, we just, I don't have time. We don't have time to go home and do this. So like, let's just whip through Burger King or, you know, whatever the case may be is. Um, and, and that's all good. That's fine. Um, for me, uh, I'm, I've just got to do a, a really good job of giving myself some grace, which is, you know, kind of what the feast days are designed for, but planning those as well, man, huge lesson learned after the first feast day, uh, <laughs> to not duplicate that, that I'm sure was disgusting for people to see, but, um, <laughs> anyways, so, so just, just planning your work, you know, another great thing about SoulCon is it's, uh, every everybody's day is like a pie you know it's like a pie chart and so you can divvy up the time that you're giving to each area of the pie chart accordingly to whatever best suits your lifestyle soulcon already has in there benchmarks for spiritual for physical for mental and so keeping those in place or expounding upon those uh depending on what you want your end result to be is just paramount for me uh, to continue doing what i'm doing you know results is another thing of this which i don't know if we're going to get to talk about or not but i'm down 18 pounds nice from, the, from this thing Good. yeah which is um i have tried every like diet 
program, you name it, yada, yada, yada. Haven't ever really ch- uh, tried a, a Christ-backed program. This is my first one. It's really working <laughs> for me. So it's like, wow, that shouldn't be a mind-blowing. Um, but it uh, just took me a long time to find it. And uh, so, no, it, it's, it's, uh, that's what I'm going to stick with um, moving forward day-to-day. So as far as, like, regimented plans, I'm not the most regimented guy. But all I know is that if I can work in some spiritual, mental, and physical into my everyday and watch the things that go uh, in my mouth um, while still having a good balance of lifestyle and enjoying foods. Cause I really do enjoy foods. Amen to that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, foodie by heart. Then, uh, then you know what? I figure it's going to be pretty good and we'll deviate. We'll shift a little left and right, depending on if I'm getting the results I want to the results that, you know, I don't want, um, trial and error, if you will, and go from there. As a man after God, what do you find that you struggle with? As a man after God, what do I think? feel that I struggle with probably in, in past it's, it's probably been, um, getting vulnerable to really open myself up to other men, um, to really get those deep seated relationships. I would say that, um, and the book hint hinted on this, which made me feel like I had some commonality to it. Like I wasn't the only one, but, um, you know, discipleship, to strangers i don't know what it is like why why is that the enemy is that our fears is that you know i don't know um scott you know going downtown was liberating last week um man and i don't know about you but like the warmth that i had on the way home not because there was a heater in the car but just (laughs) it was almost like god just saying hey you know great job my good and faithful servant type thing and and not to like pat myself on the back that's not what it was about but another thing that was really fascinating is and i'm believing that these folks downtown were truly wanting to receive christ they are just want some good news do they want the dollar 50 mcdonald's breakfast taco thing sure they want that but man you know and as we left there the folks in the car we were talking about how the enemy has these folks in a place where they don't believe there's anything better they don't believe they can get out of their situation. They don't believe that they can attain the things that they want. And isn't that one of the enemy's goals is just to jack with us mentally to keep us in a place where he wants us to once again keep us from fulfilling the shoes that God has already set aside for us. And so uh, I can't wait to go back. Um, that's been another great part of this journey is just like, now it's just getting silly. Like, let's talk about Jesus to anybody that we could possibly talk about Jesus <laughs> That is to. one thing and that's supposed to be pulled out of the book. Yeah. I fi- uh, you know, I'm going to open up here and be vulnerable. Yeah. I have a hard time with homeless people. I just, I have a, my heart is not in it. You just said something that kind of opened the door for it. But I, the reason I don't is, like, you know, you see the same people down there. And I'm like, guys, come on, get your stuff together let's let's do this let's you know let's do this but you said something that uh it just made me realize that it's it's the enemy attacking them in their mind or that inner voice saying i don't know i don't i don't believe that 
I can never get out of this. And it's, it's that that I need to encourage. It's like, you can get out of this. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's another way for me looking at this so that I can have a heart to help people who need, who need, instead of going, man, come on, dude, uh, take a shower. There's a Jack in the box over there that they're hiring, you know? And that's, that's, that's not the heart that I need to have to go help people, you know? But, uh, encouraging them to and re- having them realize that yes you you do there is a way out of this and taking that that fear or that be- the belief that there's not a way from them and and thank you for that that was that was impactful for me uh want to go back to and we're not even getting to these questions we're almost I done. Know, I know. <laughs> this is such a it's it's hard you just got to go where the spirit takes us so right. i do want to ask uh because i know i haven't noticed so nine or ten times i've been through this every time uh, week three is where we get the drop off of men and not participating or their participation level drops off. And when you said that we as people have busy lives, um, that busyness gets in our way of, of doing the things we need to do. And a lot of it's noise, right? Um, it, I, so I was actually talking to uh, a friend, Josh, yesterday, and he was saying the same thing. It's usually week three or four where people drop off, and I've noticed that time and time again. I, I can warn the guys who are going through the through the process of SoulCon. I can say, hey, look, week three and four, there's going to be a lot of drop-offs, so let's try to stay motivated through that. I don't know how. I, I'm, I'm bad at it as, as, it, as I am bad at it as well. Use your words. It's only 530 in the morning. Um. I need that the multiple rounds of Soulcon to kick me back in in place. Maybe not, maybe not back after back after back, but definitely need that. How do you think that we as humans need to shut off some of what we got this busy world we live in, and actually focus on the things that we need to do, take care of our spiritual health, our mental health, and our our uh, physical health. Yeah, so I think it just it comes down to a prioritization of really what's important to you and knowing that the enemy's going to show up around this time. You know, if you, if you drive the tollway and you're going to downtown Dallas and there's road construction two miles down the road, you're going to start seeing signage about it eight miles before you get there. You know, and so and it was interesting, Scott, because you had brought that up that folks kind of start to just... Maybe they're not off the stage, but they're kind of like stepping back toward the curtain around week three or four. Um, you know, maybe for next time, uh, having more activities where we can kind of keep guys by the fire. I like it. You know, would, would be a good. And, and let's tell them like ahead of time. Hey, like week three and four, like be prepared. Like the enemy's coming. It happens every time. Enemy's come. So let's let's know that the road construction is coming up week three and four so that we can get signage around it ahead of time so we can get in a different lane and, and maybe be prepared to, to not let some things affect us. Um, and some things will affect us. Like There are always going to be outliers and things pop up, but I, I think it's the way that we can pivot from those um, to, to stay as close to the fire as possible. You know, buddy systems, kind of, you know, all that good stuff as well. Um, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, um we did SoulCon a little bit different this time. Uh, the previous times you had, you had a mentor going through the process, and I think that that was a big help too. I think sticking to that when you are creating your teams, um, make sure there's pairs, you know, so that 
uh, or maybe one person can handle two people, but making sure you have a dive buddy, swim buddy, whatever you want to call it, but to get through the six weeks, it's all important. Uh, I think that's a big key. I like the idea of having events together. Today, um, the whole Mighty Men team are running the 5K and testing out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that it would be one thing uh, that we could do together and make sure that we do more more activities maybe once a week to keep everybody engaged. But yeah, I just, uh, you know, I think that people's lives get in the way and uh, of, of what we need to take care of. It's not, SoulCon is not the thing we need to take care of. It, well, the soul connection is, but there's the things in there that, of life that we get away from. And, and one thing I'll add to that, uh, when you're reading the book and you realize, and I, I'm sure this impacted you all the same way that Corey, the guy writing this book, you know, they went off to wherever they went off to for six weeks away from their families. So, you know, we all think of like, think right now about being away from your phone for 24 hours. Your anxiety level's probably going People up a little bit. It. Just thinking about that. And then you think about the commitment to extract yourself from your current environment and your lifestyle to plant yourself in God knows where with a bunch of other strangers for six weeks where you're going to have very minimal contact with your family for Christ and to better yourself for Christ and to sharpen your sword for Christ. And you think about that and it really kind of hits home. And then you ask yourself, okay, like, can I, can I really just make this a priority for 45 minutes? Can I really just sacrifice 45 minutes a day? Hopefully the, the answer to that question is absolutely you can put aside 45 minutes and it's probably not even that i don't know maybe it is on the days that we run or whatever the case may be is but the the point is is that there are there are greater prices to be paid than what is involved in in this right now all right oh well let's get into one question of the week (laughs) week six um biggest fear where do you what's your biggest fear in life and how do you uh manage it or Make sure that you you don't fall into that that pattern. Did I answer that, did I ask that question right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's safe to assume that like dark rooms and spiders are a given. Okay. I, yes. I, I think, <laughs> we just all know that those are a given. We're all petrified of those. Um, but outside of that, you know, this is another good question to really kind of think about. Um, I would say it's it's probably um, you know getting growing old, which I know is a frame of mind. But um, really growing old and not having deep-seated men relationships. Um, my father, great human individual, um, you know, he's made work a priority his entire life. And it doesn't really have male relationships outside of his marriage. And uh, so I kind of get to see that. Um, it's definitely, a, you know, a, a different outcome than what I want for my own personal life. But I just feel like we as men, like we need other men. We need strong-minded men. We need kingdom-minded men. We, we need men to keep us mentally in check. Because um, we, I don't feel like God created us to go through life without that. And uh, so for me, that's also one driving force to, you know, my vulnerability this year and just, you know, opening up everything and, and getting real with other guys. Um, and then I would say probably the other one is, you know, living out my last days, thinking to myself that I didn't ever live up to my God given potential. And that's a hard mark to try to hit 
because we don't really necessarily know what that is. But once again, I think it's just being completely open to letting God do what only God can do in your life and having as much impact for his kingdom and his glory on others as you can possibly have. Knowing that there's a really good chance that if, if we're kind of hard on ourselves and we're really ambitious people, we're, there's probably going to be a little bit of voice in our heads that like we, we failed a little bit or we missed the mark. But just knowing that in, in all confidence that we gave it everything we had. I'd like to encourage you on something uh, that I've heard this before. I'm not sure where I heard it, but I believe that if you are after God's heart, he will not take you until your purpose is done. Mm, that's good. So when that day is coming, you can know for sure that your day, that you have fulfilled what you needed to take care of. Cause he's not, he, he's not going to, if he gave you a, a, a course to do something on this world, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I need to wordsmith that a little bit. But if he gave you something to do, he's not going to take you away from that moment until it's complete. Mm. So if, if, if it's that time, then rest assured that you've, yeah. you've got it done. That's good. Yeah, I like it. Alan, what's, what have we got next week? Okay, so, man, we still got a lot I'm on telling the table. you, I can, I can, I can, I can, this is <laughs> going to be like a three-hour podcast. Yes. Really good. Uh, so next week we have the SoulCon wrap-up with Jorge. Um, so, and also, uh, for the listeners, when you get a moment, take a chance, you know, be, be vulnerable, open up to us, email us. Email us your takeaways from uh, the past eight weeks. Uh, tell us what you think of the podcast. Tell us what you think of the book that we're covering. We, we want to know, and then that way we can figure out, you know, what book to cover next, uh, what topics you guys might want to hear. Um, so, again, if you have questions, you have comments, feel free to email us at any time. Podcast at gmail.com. Right on. One of the things we have, uh, we end up our podcast on is our guest uh, praying us out. So if you would uh, give us the honor, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Well, Lord, Father God, uh, we just come to you as, as your children, as your servants. Lord God, we, uh, we thank you for this time that you've given us today. We thank you for the gift of technology. We pray that uh, what we've shared here today would impact um, the lives of those that listen in, Lord God. We pray that you would move through these words to move into the lives of those that are listening and to the ones that have participated today, Lord Heavenly Father, and that although there could be discomfort in that moving, Lord God, but that we would have peace knowing that uh, your work is at hand, Lord Heavenly Father, and that we're going to be better um, than we were previous, Lord Heavenly Father. We just... Uh, pray, Lord God, that you would just um, have your will and your way in our lives. We desire you. We thirst for more of you, Lord Heavenly Father. And as we go uh, into an assembly of more men, Lord God, we just pray that today, like no other day, um, that iron would sharpen iron, Lord Heavenly Father, and that uh, we would just march after you each and every day. Uh, We love you. We thank you. We give you all the glory. And it's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.